Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins, and we've got sort of a last-minute holiday episode on Christmas Eve uh, today with perhaps the biggest Christmas fan I could find in 20th Century Prime Time, uh, David Hasselhoff. Not as a guest, uh, but as Mitch Buchanan, head uh, head lifeguard on the 1990s television series Baywatch. Uh, my co-host Bob is at home uh, getting ready for the holidays with his family. Uh, so, you know, we have a guest host instead. His name is Jason DuGray, and he is a TV and film actor who's been on uh, The Gilmore Girls, Saved by the Bell, The New Class, and now this uh, podcast. He and I will be discussing two festive episodes of Baywatch featuring Mitch Buchanan. Pamela Anderson as someone named CJ and a bunch of sort of interchangeable beach bodies that on a different coast would also have mullets. Um, so happy holidays. If you celebrate, here's Jason DeGray and me. Well, I'm going to tell you right now something that I discovered, Tim, about Baywatch. Specifically, and this might have to do with all of the procedural lifeguard shows that have ever existed. Like Baywatch Nights. Like Baywatch Nights. Is that a show? That was their X-Files oh, like man. spinoff for two seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe David Hasselhoff, his Mitch Buchanan character, appeared on both. Oh, I did some research, but I didn't do that much research. Oh, did you find other lifeguard-based programming? No. No, I stuck oh. to this one. But I mean, I should have got. I should have ventured out to see, because then I would know. I mean, research uh, sounds like it involves finding something. That's why I was. I, sure I, I found some stuff. Oh, you did? Oh, great. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I will say, no. in terms of running, mm-hmm. the opening credits of this show. If we're talking about, are we talking about Baywatch? Well, Baywatch was uh, in the, is going to be in the title of the episode. So they're going to know a, a two parter of Baywatch that aired in 1994. December 10th, 17th, 1994, a two-parter entitled Silent Night, Baywatch Night. That's what we're talking about. Okay. So yeah, that, that's, 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 that's it. Well, I was trying to, I was trying to lead you in in case you had a big, like, opening presentation that you wanted to give. I did, but a lot of times the presentations, the visuals don't play very well on the microphone. Well, uh, one thing I learned about, uh, that I learned about Baywatch, actually, I'm going to say two things. Uh, first of all, Silent Night, Baywatch Night. Uh, I was like, that doesn't really work. But then I looked and I scrolled and I don't know if I didn't look through every episode. But they There's used, over 200 episodes. That's a lot to look It's a lot. But they used Baywatch in the title a lot of times. But even the title, Silent Night, Baywatch Night, that's something I like about these sitcoms. Like that, yeah, it, it's acknowledging, it's taking the song, Silent Night, holy night i almost said deadly night and it's just plugging you know it's randomly haphazardly and pointlessly plugging the show that we know into the song that we know to create you know the expectation that we're going to get christmas on baywatch like it's it's i, I think that's great well, it's funny first way. of all that you called it a sitcom yeah i don't know why i said that i think i was wishing i'd asked you to watch something else for a minute maybe i don't know where that came from but i think i don't think you're far off i think that in some ways it's almost as if, okay, serious people who like action, you guys write 
the scenes where the people drown and they're running to save them. And you other sitcom writers, you write the scenes where they're interacting with each other. And then we have a romance department to do like the C storyline or any scene that, that has any sort of romance in it. It feels like it's a different show mushed together. It's an ensemble drama. I think that isn't that common for, especially like in the nineties for shows where you kind of have, you know, you have your A, B and C plot. So one of, one of the plots is there to get a laugh one of the plots is there to maintain the main character's story. And then one of the plots is to give one of the ensembles something to do so that they're not just a bathing suit. No, absolutely. But usually they're written by the same group of people and it feels like it's just variations on the same thing. This felt like completely different things put together. So you're under the impression this was written. I don't know if this is a big show for people. It wasn't for either of us. If listeners have watched this, what what do, would you be able to sum up the basic plot of the episode? I, that's putting you on the spot. I'd be happy to assist if you want. But like, what what is the the, the gist of this episode? Uh, the gist of the episode, um, Silent Night, Baywatch Night, Part One. Uh, it starts with a con duo of a mother and son, and they con this guy they steal some money from him by the hot mom pretending to like him and then the kid pretending to steal her purse it's like a classic grifter move yeah it's like these are characters they're not normal characters on the show these are these are the side this is what this is how it starts and then we meet our characters when the mother gets arrested and then the kid uh joey i believe the child's name is joey he ends up whoa he meets um uh mitch's son Hobby, hobby, hobby Buchanan, hobby Buchanan, who takes him home. That that was the tease, and then there's the opening where, for some reason, everyone is running out of the water. Do you notice that about Baywatch? About the opening of Baywatch, they can't stay in the water. No, but I mean, the show is supposed to be lifeguards that go into the water to save people. But it's yeah, but but they're running out of the water. People are constantly in need of saving. But why? Why the, in the beginning of the show are they running out of the water? It's giving the wrong the wrong image of what we need to. do. They're running away from the danger. Yeah, because th- that's how they. That's the that's their vantage point to watch the bay. They have to get out into the ocean and look back. Now, usually after they save and then people, they're coming back on shore because they're they're keeping an eye. They're bay watching it. I would pre- I'd prefer it if they were running out of the water with somebody slung over their shoulder. But regardless, well, you probably get that when someone's in trouble. Yes, but not in the opening, which is happen, which happens every episode. So you don't like the opening credits? Is that no? Is that, I, I think it's a, the song is terrible. That song, I don't even remember what the song is. And that's this show is on I think for it's eleven I'm seasons. I'm on your side. I've got a fin in your heart, or something. I so, yeah, quite something like that. Yeah, but you don't remember it because it's so unmemorable. I remember the ER theme song, and that was just beeps and boops. But okay, regardless of the opening uh, theme but song. But not regardless, because you, you actually have issues with the show. Knowing it's a Christmas episode doesn't matter to you, huh? Well, you so far, don't. up to this point, I was disappointed in the amount of Christmas. We were like six minutes well, in. it's at a beach. That's what I'm saying. You're you're on, you're on the Californian beach, if I'm correct, of the state. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's, uh, I believe it was shot on Will Rogers, which is a beach that I go to and have gone to a lot during the pandemic because there's nothing else to do. Well, there goes our evergreen episode. We had managed to go 20 minutes without remembering the pandemic that has shut the world down at Christmas time, and, and there it is. Well, because I'm going to tell you something else. Because of the pandemic, this is the first year that we're not going home for Christmas. We're not going to the East Coast where it's cold. So I'm already, and maybe I'm dating. <laughs> Can I say that it's Christmas time? 
I mean, yes, this, Christmas is going to, uh, this is a Christmas episode. You can't tell from the discussion. So, well, what I'm going to reference you, Tim, is that I'm already annoyed at how hot it... It was 82 degrees today. I'm not used to this. Even though I've lived out here for a while, I never spend Christmas here. I like snow. I like the cold. I like skiing. I'm here. It's 82 degrees, and I'm watching this episode of the show, which basically is Christmas on a beach. So, I was already in a, a position to sort of despise this episode. You sound a little bit like a lifeguard I recognize from the program named Matt Brody. Is he the the younger guy with the the good hair? He's the younger guy with good hair. The one that's like dating Pamela Anderson, I think. I didn't know if that was happening, but Matt Brody, I, this is one of the things I like in a Christmas episode. As much as I love grifting, and we should get back to that, Matt Brody has a plot where he's sad and he's missing the Christmas he grew up with. No, no. He's sad because he never had he doesn't have Christmas memories. The the girl that um that Mitch is dating, I believe she has an Australian accent. She says something about missing her Christmases in Connecticut. <laughs> so she misses the, the the cold and and being in Connecticut. So yeah, I'm more like her, but she has uh, clearly has an Australian accent. Well, you can move out of the country you're born in. It's just as a casual observer of this show, not knowing any backstory of any of these characters, that was confusing to me. Did it keep you from relating to her? Because her storyline, and I want to get back to Matt's in a second too, but her storyline is something I love in Christmas episodes. Sure, yeah. The person who wants, that's what I was thinking of with the other guy, but you're right with her, wants the holiday that you're up with, wants their memories, but can't have it because they're stranded, in this case, on a beach. Yeah, in a horror place. I love seeing that. That makes sense. That's conforming your world of a show, which is about, let's look at the people on the beach and having to jam it into, oh, Christmas is coming. That's when this is going to air. Make sure it's Christmas space. I love that in this episode. Yeah, no, I... I think if there's something to hold on to, that's that's definitely something you could hold on to. And it's a through line that does get resolved at the end. I don't want to give anything away. Quote unquote resolved. So but so yeah, you have that character who who misses her white Christmases. You have that other guy that you were talking about. Yeah, what is his angle then? Because you're right. It's not that he so much misses he's, it. He's yeah, kind so of a Scrooge. From what I got from to. the seconds that that he was talking about his past, I don't. Was he adopted? Did he just not have a good childhood? I'm not really sure. But he apparently doesn't have any Christmas memories. Maybe he was hit on the head saving somebody. Maybe some mistletoe fell on him. That's and oh you know, maybe and that's why he's forgotten all of the just the Christmas memories. Yeah, he's almost like the Bah Humbug guy. But he's not even. He's like. I almost wish that he was, because that would make more sense. He was just kind of like, ho-hum. That's the storyline he gets, because what happens to him? His storyline, by the way, is my favorite part of 2020, of anything I've seen. It's a pretty great... What it, yeah. It is, because there's two things happening. This he's, he's a lifeguard. He's back, Christmas. I just never got it. He encounters, he's sitting in his, uh, the way lifeguards work, he has an extended chair, a high chair, he's sitting in that, and we as an audience, and he as a lifeguard, sees this band of people coming onto the, 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 the beach, onto the sand, onto the dirt, and they look far away. It looks like they're on the horizon, but and truthfully, they're right next to him because this is a group of five, six, maybe seven somewhat recognizable little people actors or as the story has us believe, Santa's elves. 
they're hiding that they're elves. They say things like, you know, we've been working for a, a sleigh driver, meaning the, the Christmas sleigh. And, you know, we're just, we got a couple of days off before we work for the big guy. All these little hints that elves now exist on the beach of California Baywatch world. And so you have them now kind of setting up that they're going to try to make Matt's holiday better. They want to show him the magic of Christmas. He's going to start thinking he, a rational man who we're relying on to have the common sense to rescue those in danger. I don't mean to equate these as being mixed messages, but he's starting to doubt that they're not elves. He actually feels like maybe he's actually met mythical beings in the world of not Baywatch Nights, but Baywatch. Yes. It's a moment for the normal flow of the show to abandon its rules of reality and add a little bit of what I think is really holiday magic. Well, I think what's, like I th- what's funny, um, what's interesting is you see it as holiday magic and I see it as a complete lack of decision-making on the people that make this show because by the end, it's gone back and forth so many times. I don't remember what we land on if they really are or if they aren't. It's how you view it. It's left up in the air. <laughs> But they do magically make gifts appear. They do magically appear themselves. Well, I mean, not that magical. There was plenty of time for them to go out and buy all those things to put them. We're we're getting ahead of ourselves because. Why would they do that? Why would they spend their money on children they don't know? This is what I'm saying. Like, you put this plot into a Fourth of July episode, (laughs) you put this plot into a maybe a St. Patrick's Day episode, but that sounds a little offensive. That's very offensive. But if you find any other place in the series run, you can't do a story where maybe magic exists if it hasn't been previously established. You don't introduce Mork into the 1950s without saying, oh, that's a dream Richie had because UFOs don't exist on other episodes. Yes. But at Christmas, you can have parents suddenly hearing sleigh bells in the sky wondering, is that Santa Claus? You can have people encountering... The uh, the one of the lead actors from Total Recall and a familiar face from Seinfeld and say, maybe elves do exist. You can do that because there's something magical about the season. Like, I don't know if a Halloween episode of Baywatch would have a real ghost. I think it would go the Scooby-Doo route and be like, oh, is someone in disguise? No, I, I disagree. And, and maybe we can find a, a Halloween Baywatch episode. But I've seen enough Halloween episodes of TV shows where there's always an element of like, I thought that was you in the sheet. And they're like, no, it's, I wasn't there. And yeah, they, they, they leave some things up in the air on those. And then there's always a wolf howl at the end when they cut to credits. All right. Uh, for, for Halloween. For Halloween. Not. Yes. Cause I think that's a Christmas episode when it's a Christmas one. I think it's a, <laughs> something that's very ill and it's probably gonna be taken out of its misery. So, so maybe to bridge those together, it's interesting that, uh, so it's twice in a year, but reliant on that holiday, they're allowing established rules. And again, like I believe in UFOs and I don't mean to be saying these things don't necessarily exist. I'm pretty confident in saying that Santa and elves do not exist. I can't now but, I can't have my kid listen to this episode. Thank you. Oh, did he listen to the previous episode? Not even. Not, not, okay. No, I think it's fine. I, I, I can beep around that. No. <laughs> I just, I just thought, I just don't want to be, Oh, is he doing college from home? Is that why he's there? He doesn't know. I don't want anyone to listen to this. And with their kids in the car and have that come out. And then all of a sudden they're blaming me because I told them to listen to this episode. So you do with it what, what you will, because I'm going to throw you under the bus. I believe in all of it, kids. Well, the show is built to allow you to maybe not accept it. The show is built to maybe allow an adult to think there isn't a Santa, because that's what the other characters are questioning. Yes. But I feel like 
this magic that I'm now finding very difficult to handle in the editing phase, <laughs> this magic of the program isn't something that would work in other parts of the year. I guess Halloween, again, these holidays, yeah. we allow for some of the more supernatural or spectacular elements to, or at least for me, to work. Now, it doesn't sound like it works for you because you want a definite answer. Are they elves? Or are they the cast of Station No, I don't, I don't want a definite answer, but I do want the creators of the show to have a definite answer, and that's what I'm But that's liking. how you'd find out if they gave you a definite answer. No, but I want, I want to feel like I'm in good hands, and I don't feel like I'm in good hands. I feel like they went back and forth The good hands of Baywatch? See, on any other episode, <laughs> wouldn't the idea be, yeah, they're not elves? Because elves do not exist in the Mitch Buchanan world of Baywatch. I mean... There has to be some sort of. I don't know. I I don't know that I need an answer from Baywatch. You're right. I'm not saying that I want an answer. Did you enjoy any of the Christmas aspects of this episode? It's okay not to. By the way, oftentimes I don't enjoy things on the show. I mean, listen. I watch a spectrum of things, Tim, and and I get joy out of things that I think are really horrible. Um, oh, but that's so you're not getting Christmas joy out of this. You're getting campy. I can't believe this episode. Well, I mean, in terms of Christmas episodes, I actually was having a little bit of a hard time separating because I'm coming to this Baywatch cold. That half the time I'd be like, okay, here's a Christmas storyline. And then all of a sudden, Pamela Anderson would look up in the air and know. That a kid just got hit by a wave, choked on a hard candy, and got sucked into the ocean. Like that was the moment I laughed. Oh my god! And then, like, but she was, but she knew that it was happening. She wasn't even looking at the water. She just like that's her up. job. And then, inexplicably, that other guy that you keep bringing up also went and jumped in the water, but neither of them witnessed it happen. So then I was like. Okay, I'm trying to get a Christmas vibe out of this, but this is really what this show is on like stripping the Christmas away. Like these are the kinds of things that make sense in this show. I need my mystical elves to be around reality so that so when I'm pulled out of that reality, can you say that sentence again? I need what? my mystical elf characters to be with within a story that is based in reality so that it can be fantastical. When I'm like, oh my god, they're elves. But when I'm but that's like, what you get in this? That's what I loved about this. It's 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 throw reality to the door. Are elves real? They are today. Christmas allowed you to believe in something ridiculous for the day. Well, just for this week, apparently. Just in, for two weeks. The, yeah, the two part. Probably a two week. Yeah. Just for eighty-seven minutes of your life that I'm very sorry I took. No, I I'm happy. I'm happy that we did this because 2020 has really lowered what we use that word for so i understand it's, happy it's, happiness it's, it's, yeah um well you just now you just brought up the 2020 i did before and then now you did it to yourself yes then I, I now i brought it up that's true well because i thought this holiday episode would would eradicate it but but the, the truth is you're not getting any christmas vibes or spirits from this i did you you this got special some, some christmas hit the buttons i needed this is one of the few so wow. far this year i've watched the gi joe christmas episode 
I watched Batman Returns, I watched the Community Christmas Special, and I watched these two episodes. And that's what I've done for Christmas. Normally, every year I watch a bunch. I stockpile specials because I find comfort in them, the episodes, specials. This year, comfort exists nowhere, so I haven't really found it anywhere. I watch shows and I enjoy them, but I know it's escapism because the moment the plot is done, my mind goes right back to what we were just talking about, 2020 and a horrible year. So for Christmas, I have been cautious and just letting myself fall into this because I'm like, don't get distracted. It's just going to be even more depressing when you come out of it. Yeah. This two-hour Baywatch, I did it in two nights, so or two days. I watched one of them at like seven in the morning. Oh, so that cliffhanger really got you. It did. I, I, I had a whole day of not being employed of wondering, I God, did that kid drown? Well. <laughs> also, or did that kid fall in? I don't quite remember what happened after GB continued, but, but I, what I'm yeah, saying no, is that kid this, was drowning. They were, because it's a lifeguard show. Of course that kid's drowning. Okay, all right, wait a second. If the kid was disintegrating or the kid was giving birth, they couldn't do anything. <laughs> the not, kid was, they're not if the kid was disintegrating, scientists they would, they would or, have or half-wives, midwives. But I'm just saying, like, this episode, because, because it was trying so hard, the amount of effort this show had to put into being like, here's Christmas. Because really, the plot is, yes, this girl is a grifter, her mom gets arrested, She's trying to steal money. She learns at the end that it's a, she can be a good person. Like, we're not even going into the plot because people can see where that goes. The amount of effort it takes to shoehorn Christmas into this special is what made it work for me. It's two parts, which is phenomenal, but it's also just kind of like you had to twist and turn and bend what they did as lifeguards to work with orphans, what they could do on the beach to make it snow. All these plot lines really had to be reached for and crammed in there to give us the viewer something that's recognizable as christmas and i was so touched at the end of it that they even tried because that's what we're all fucking doing this year (laughs) yes we're trying to grab anything we can and put it in front of our faces to forget that we're living in an apocalyptic year of, of just tearing asunder things we thought were effective and real in the world but aren't I found more comfort in watching that than how I normally find Christmas specials because this show couldn't deliver, but it gave me enough things that were recognizable that I couldn't say it wasn't Christmas, and I couldn't say that I wasn't touched. So I appreciate the effort. So you 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 just need things that you can that are recognizable that you can relate to on some level in order for I you need to... an effort is what I need. I think it's because that you know, the holidays are that effort. You think this one had some effort. It's a show about lifeguards in California that suddenly works in elves, a way to have snow. Cause it's that gross foam. Everybody was rolling around in the show bent so much that it should have broke again. Not, not a Baywatch fan. Maybe it is broken, but it, it was still a show about lifeguards. You're even saying, why are they doing this? We don't know, but they're lifeguards. Look at what it did just to give us something that was recognizable enough for Christmas. That's all any of us ever do. I I saw it so completely different than you. I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is season five. They've already made, because back then it was probably a 22 or 24 episode season, right? Uh, 22 to 42. I don't quite so, know. Somewhere in that range. So we're talking a good possible hundred episodes of them trying to figure out different ways that people can be drowning and they could have saved them that I was like, Oh, they finally got to a Christmas episode 
where they were like, oh, here's all the things that we can do because we finally have something else to write about. So you had to watch this as a lifeguard show. This wasn't a Christmas show for you. Uh, it wasn't. No. Although I will say the first time we see real Christmas happen is coming up right after CJ uh, is giving that kid that she psychically knew was drowning CPR. And during the CPR, they're just framing her boobs and then the kid's face like right like just off to the side. Like it's And that's Christmas that's for That's Christmas you. for me. No, the next scene when that guy that we keep talking about, <laughs> I don't know his name, walks back and he's got his hair all slicked back. He looks great. Oh Matt, Matt. the guy who uh, just it was a Scrooge, the 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 Scroogey kind of lifeguard. And they're like, Hey, great job, Matt. And he's like, Oh yeah. And they're talking to him like, you know Who's talking to uh, them? The, the elves. And so you, they are elves. So they're, they're the little people. The, yeah, I mean, well, they're, yes. The the little people who may or may not be elves. Who, by the way, when they first met him, walked up to him as if he was their corner grocer. Like, hey, we're these guys that are going to be on the beach. We always like to meet the lifeguard because we're, it was a very weird scene. But now, so now they're friends. And you think it's because they actually are elves and they're trying to give him a Christmas he didn't have, which is possible. And they have now set up his whole lifeguard stand has all this Christmas stuff around it, uh, which is, is fun and cute and magical. Yeah, it's all decked out. It's got tinsel. But, it's, it's, yes, it's, but, it stands out so much in the beach. It's the only thing decorated at that but, point. But um, Mickey, who I call Mickey because of Seinfeld. Oh, one of the elves. The scene before, when they're saving the the kid... He sneaks in there with nothing but shorts and a shirt on. And he sneaks into the lifeguard thing and we don't know what he's going to do. And when they come back, all this stuff is there. But they don't have any of that stuff. It's magic. It is it is magic because then he turns around and he's like, hey, and then they're gone. Yes, that's that's your Christmassy miracle. So, the wait, the, that's the miracle is that they decorated his... That's what this lifeguard show could do for you. I mean, if they're saving people from drowning every week, it's not a miracle to save a kid from drowning. But if you can suddenly have something ghost-like occur that bends physics and that relies on sorcery, if that's how you're going to give us Christmas, then bravo, Baywatch, in your 10th or whatever season, 5th season. 5th season. Bravo for finding a way to force magic into our throats. You know, it's like putting lights up on a tree or putting up a stocking with the cards in it or... Signing gifts for your friends that say Santa, even though it's not coming from Santa, it's coming from you. Like all these little tricks to convince ourselves of magic in this otherwise downer of a season. I mean, that's what this show is doing. It's 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 mimicking my practice, and I, I just I that really got to me. That really but touched so, me. But in, when when you do when a magician does magic, usually he shows the person who he's trying to impress his hand and his sleeve and rolls up the sleeve and there's nothing there. And then he makes something magically appear for all this guy, Matt knows these guys could easily just have just had some stuff that they decorated the, the place with. He's in the middle of the beach where he would have seen it coming or going. They're little people with little legs. I think th this is getting into the offensive territory of this show. <laughs> Not of your show of, of Baywatch. But can we get can we get back to the plot for a second because I have something else. To if say. you can find it, we can get back to this plot before the cliffhanger because because the, the cliffhanger is very interesting to me. 
So of part one, we're back in part we're still one in part still? one because yeah, because that's when they decorate the lifeguard stand is is right before the cliffhanger because the kid, the girl, and and Hassel, Hassel the Hoff's son they're suddenly being chased by this guy who I think has a ponytail. He's chasing them like he she his mom who's in jail must have conned him. I can't, maybe he was part of the original thing in the beginning. I don't remember why he's chasing them, but he's chasing them. Oh, she stole money okay, from him. Stole There's money. a, a gang like guy. Yeah. She stole money so from him. So he's now why she's chasing in jail in, in the little girl, a little Joey. girl, Joey, which you would think like pal Joey, pal Joey, which you would think, okay, I'm going to catch this kid and then be like, I have your kid. Give me the money or whatever. So this guy gets to a point. He's chasing them underneath the docks or underneath the, the pier. And the, very scary place for a child like your pal Joey. Very to be. scary. So then, the kid falls, and then the and then Hasselhoff's son grabs the kid's hand, and first of all, is twice the size of that kid, but can't lift that kid up. Can't just can't get him back up on the thing. Which okay, fine. Then, the guy that's chasing them, what is watching this? And the kid is clearly scared that he's not going to be able to make it. He's going to drown down there. And the guy watches. And then he just backs off and doesn't do anything. As if that's somehow going to get his money. I don't understand what his end game is. He Was he going to kill the kid just because he was angry at the mom? He wanted the money. He thought the kid had the money. Well, but wouldn't he just save the kid and he then have the kid? He was in a blind bridge get- chasing him. There was still cocaine in the 90s. I'm sure he was hocked up. He may have been running after he, these kids. Hocked up? Is that not how people say up, when they do? I think it's hopped. hopped up. You're hopped up. Hopped up. Hocked up is when you have a loogie. Hocked up. Hocked a loogie. Ho- hopped up on drugs. Hocked a loogie. Yeah. Hopped up. You're expelling hopped something when drugs. you hock. When you're hopped, you're like, your adrenaline is, you're like a kangaroo. What are goofballs? If somebody is hocked up on goofballs. That's a, that's a good question. I don't know. Speed, like, like eight balls or something maybe, or. Eight balls or pills. So they're hopped up on eight balls, but hocked up. It's when you have a on loogies. Yeah, when you gotta get some. When you expel. It's not changing the show no. for you at all. That it's Christmas. So it's, you are very caught up on '90s serialized syndicated drama. Well, I, listen, I which is fine. Which means you can't enjoy this, and I apologize. I, I for cannot you take the leap it. of fantasticalness unless it's it's based in reality, which I know sounds crazy. <laughs> But if you're just yeah, going to be willy-nilly with the rules of your show, then nothing that you do matters, in my opinion. Is there a Christmas episode from a show you like that you can remember fondly? Um, I'm trying to go oh, away from Simpsons or cartoons. because, And I'm trying to go back to my childhood. Maybe you don't like Christmas episodes. Maybe that's what it no, amounts to. Um, there's a Kate and Allie one that's pretty good. What happens in the Kate and Ellie Christmas? I don't remember. Episode? I just I actually remember it. It sounds pretty. You know good, what though. it is? I had uh, I taped The Grinch on network TV, and there's a commercial in it of the Kate and Ellie Christmas special that's coming up, and uh, I don't think I ever watched it. But I remember the I remember Jane Curtin going ho ho ho. That's all I remember. Sounds like someone's a little grinchy themselves and probably has to somehow be shown why Christmas matters in a way that at least she's with her friend and their family. Wait, there's a Cheers Christmas episode. What happens on that? I don't know. Uh, You could tune back to our 2017 
Christmas episodes of the 80s did and you, 90s did episode you do that and find one? out. Because we discussed it, and I will be honest, I also don't remember what happened to that. And you episode. even did a deep dive on it. I didn't... We did a deep dive. But I mean, I just, I know there are plenty, I know there's a Growing Pains Christmas episode, I know there's a Mr. Belvedere Christmas episode, I know there's there's Family Ties, they all have episodes that hover oh, around the holidays, family ties. and I love them. Yes. When he, when, okay, it's like a Christmas Carol uh, spoof, and uh, it's Alex P. Keaton goes through his life and how he's like Scroogey, and then in the morning he has oh my god it actually this okay <laughs> this actually gave me nightmares in a way as a kid yes because all he has for presents for people are things that you can get at like a convenience store yeah I remember yeah that's and i remember i woke up one time i don't even know if it was around christmas time but i had this dream that i forgot it was christmas and didn't get anyone anything and and gave them like a bottle of soda or whatever to my mom and I felt so bad that I hadn't thought ahead, and it was so traumatic that I think it's informed how I do I do Christmas now because it was so traumatizing to me. So you've you've been terrified into shopping to be early. nice. Yeah, I was terrified into being thoughtful. Well, I mean, gift giving doesn't make us no nice, thoughtful. Thoughtful. Well, the, okay, yeah, so it's more thoughtful than a than a bottle of. of, of Hand sanitizer, which is what everyone got this year. So the episode doesn't ring enjoyable for no, you. No, like I remember show. that episode fondly. It just, it, it sparked, I remember the plot of that so well because of that dream that I had. It really, like, it got me. I'm sorry about that, because that is guilt in the holidays is the big, a big thing. But, but that Family Ties episode, he's having a dream, right? Is that we how don't it know. works? At the end, he so doesn't know. know. So I mean, we assume it's a dream. So there's possible magic in that. That Brent bends the laws of the show. Um, well, it it doesn't do it enough that it can't exist in the world of the show because it might just be a dream. But neither you or I know the world of the show. Who knows? Maybe Baywatch had other magical elements. Maybe this is a run-of-the-mill Baywatch episode that just adds a, a child, you know, a, ch- a child grifter to it. No. I mean, this is a melodramatic show. I'm sure every episode somebody fell off a dock. Somebody ran from the mob. I bet there were ninjas on at least three seasons. Okay. I'm sure this happened. Here's a good example of what annoys me about this show. I'm going to tell you right now. Ninjas is not a good example of what would annoy you about a lifeguard television program. This uh, this is exactly what would annoy me about this particular lifeguard television program. This son of the best swimmer in the entire state of California, I assume... Drops this kid in the water like he could never go down and help save this kid. He drops him in like, well, that's it. That kid just died because I can't possibly jump in after this kid and save him. Who am Wait, I? Who drops him in? So in the cliffhanger part, the kid, the kid that is David Hasselhoff's son on the show. Yeah. He lets this kid or this kid slips out of his fingers. He doesn't let him go. He falls he flips, back. Yeah. He, she falls. He back, falls into the water, which is. Sure, we're in under a pier, so there's a couple of pylons, but you know we're talking about ten feet into water. And this kid, instead of being like, "Oh wait, I know how to swim and save people," because my father is the greatest lifeguard who's ever lived, I assume. He doesn't go. Oh, I'm just going to jump in and try to save him. He goes, "Oh my god!" In this way, to make this cliffhanger, 
And that's exactly what it's for. It's to make the cliffhanger. It's not a real moment. We know what would happen in that moment because when we pick back up, he jumps in. Okay. I mean, I, the, 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 the show is a series of not real moments because it's exactly. formulaic. But so, within the formula, you have to, you have to play the moments real. That's my that that is the crux of but we don't know what real is in this world. <laughs> we don't cuz we you and I don't know the world of Baywatch cuz we've only watched the two Christmas episodes. This might be set up early on in the show that this is the world that it exists. You know what? Maybe the, yeah, may- the world of Doogie Howser MD could never happen for multiple legal reasons. Right. But the show is derailed if we don't allow for that. You tune into one episode of Doogie Howser, you're probably wondering why is that kid who hasn't been through puberty, you know, dilating his cervix. But if you know the show, that makes sense for the course of the show. He dilates cervix because he's the youngest doctor to do yes. that. Is that what doctors do? They do that. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think we know this show, Baywatch, beyond these two episodes. Right. But if in if in the world of Doogie Hauser, if he then um Not a place I'd want to go, the world of Doogie Hauser. Yeah. They although he does have a Christmas episode. It's uh it's just got the theme song running through the thing. The roller coaster is the is the best part. <laughs> I don't know where I was gonna go with that. I'm writing down note after note because I'm going to pitch this <laughs> to to the fun park people. Because what better time to build a fun park than right now? Well, you have Vinny Del Pino's uh, pizza shop. You know, it's right next door to. You don't want to talk about Baywatch. It's very clear. no. I do. You're, You're reaching for you characters. You brought up Hauser and no, no, I'm I, trying no, that's to. True. Uh, no, but I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm fascinated that Christmas alone isn't enough to make you like. Here, here's a schmaltzy show because Christmas itself is schmaltzy. No, here's what I he, okay. In the world of Doogie Hauser, yes, it's impossible that he would ever be allowed to do whatever to a cervix that you said. No, it is possible in the world of Doogie Hauser. That no, is no, the law. No, no, I'm saying in the okay, so in 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 the world of our world, it would be impossible because of legal reasons. In the world of Doogie Hauser, they've created this thing that says, "Okay, so here's your dis- suspension of disbelief." Within that realm, teenager delivers baby in shopping mall. <laughs> Within that That's realm, the headline I remember. But within that realm, if he is a doctor and somebody is uh, has I don't know, uh, somebody gets we might be drifting off. No, I I have a good point, and I'm I'm having trouble with the words. But if in the world of the show, if he can do this and he can deliver a baby in this in whatever, but then somebody else get gets like a cut, and he's like. Uh, there's a cliffhanger where he's like, I don't think I can know how to stop the bleeding. But then we cut back and he's like, oh, no, wait, I do know. Then we're just setting up this this false moment. And in the... Which I'm sure they did. That's how TV no, works. I'm no, sure there the were good shows don't do the cliff- that. The good... If, mm. Hey, have you ever listened to uh, Annie Wilkes talk in the movie Misery about the cliffhangers? No, but I saw Cliffhangers, the Sylvester Stallone movie. About she's talking about the Sylvester Sylvester Stallone movie. Cliffhangers. The Rennie Harlan movie. Is that who directed With, Cliffhangers? Yes. But she talks about how in the at the end of the reel, the car's going off the cliff, and then the next reel he's out of the car. But we watch the car go off the cliff and we see the guy never get out. So it's impossible. 
So you're you're manipulating the audience in a way that is unacceptable, and it takes you out of it. And that's exactly what happened in this cliffhanger of a moment. That's what I'm saying. So you don't like Christmas movies or lifeguard TV shows. No, I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas specials. I just don't usually go back and watch like Christmas, Christmas on episodes. your episodic TV, which is good. It's a good point to make. No, it's because you, you. It's can, not that I don't. It's so now I really do want to unpack this a little bit because it's not that I don't appreciate when they do it. It's just I never find those episodes to be such great standalone episodes that I go back and rewatch them. Watching a show week after week like say cheers and it comes to the christmas episode and it's during christmas time and you're like oh this is so great i'm with these characters if it's not an unbelievably memorable episode you just have a nice moment and you move on if it's an amazing episode then you go back and rewatch it at christmas time but aren't christmas episodes always memorable by nature of being this season's christmas episode no not in this world where we can watch any show we ever have heard of that it's ever existed when at the at the push of a button. It's too many. No, but if you're watching, it's like you're saying, if you're watching a full season of something, for, at least for me, I will say, if I'm watching a full season of something, the Christmas episode sticks out. It could be the Christmas episode, the Broad City Christmas episode, if there is one, or it could be a show, for some reason, if I'm hate-watching a program, like when Zach Braff had that show where he was a podcaster. If they had a Christmas episode, that's the one I'd be able to remember right now, because something... I like something about those types of episodes. They stick out. You might, you, I mean, they're seasonal. You're not wrong, but I'm no, I'm not saying. No, I'm just. I'm arguing the fact that there's so much content that I can't remember one Christmas episode from one show versus another in recent memory. And if I haven't rewatched one from when I was a kid, then I'm not going to remember those either. But if I watched, so like. I've been watching a lot of TV because I'm home. If I watch three weeks of shows randomly, if a Christmas episode comes up, I will remember that one because it's an outlier. It's this time of year. It's a plot set up for the season. I'm going to recall that one. I like shows that do Christmas episodes and no Christmas episode is ever great because they all have to work in this manipulated emotion or they're telling you that Christmas sucks and they leave it at that. Do you have do you have any that you love? I have plenty that I love. But I yeah. mean what's the like is there one that you revisit other than maybe the GI Joe one? Um not every year because like you're saying there's so many of them out there. But I'll watch them when they if, when they're on. When I used to also I watch TV differently. When I used to watch TV on a week to week basis, and I was watching different shows, you know, Friends every week, and and and, and uh, Seinfeld and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I would wait for their Christmas sure, episodes. Sure, but you but earlier, you said that in 2017 you did a show about the Cheers Christmas episode, and you don't remember it now. No, but I could tell you all about the Family Matters one that we watched, the Perfect Strangers one that we watched. The Cheers one didn't stick out, no, because we talked about four of that episode, and the other three were phenomenal. They were forcing it on us, too. They were hitting us over the head with Christmas, and it worked. And it worked for this show, too, because I had nothing else to grab onto. I could care less about a lifeguard show. I could care less about bathing suits in the 90s, and I could care less about David Hasselhoff if he's not wearing a red turtleneck, but because Christmas was in there... I fell for all of it and it's manipulative and it's the one time of year I don't mind being manipulated because the alternative is I'm watching a show about lifeguards 
and that's depressing. But if I'm watching a show about lifeguards that ha- might have Santa, th- that's that's worth watching. So you, so okay, so you can separate the Christmas episode from the show. The fact that it's a Christmas episode of any show, you can take that as an outlier and be like, I like this Christmas aspect enough that I can call this a good show. Probably not every show, but I was able to do it with okay. this show. I mean, I haven't watched. I don't know. Every I'm basing show. it on what I think of this. These two episodes. I'm I'm extrapolating that because if, I would not have made it to the second episode of. Well, I had to because we were supposedly talking about it for the podcast. But but also, I if it wasn't, I doubt I would. I who knows because I didn't see it. But I just loved the the metaphor of it of how much work we have to put into getting christmas okay no wait a second okay that's funny that you said that because there's a scene in the second part where first of all and this probably goes into the storyline of the regular show so granted i know that this is a slice of life but somewhere inexplicably in this episode part two we're talking like 16 minutes 16 six i wrote it down 16 minutes into part two so That's 58 minutes into this two-part episode, if you want to think of it as one entity. And one of the main-ish characters, the Australian woman that David Hasselhoff's character, Mitch, is dating, is combing her hair, and hair comes out of her head, and she's very concerned about it. And then in the next moment, she has like thing that that's like a note from here. Come get a your Christmas present or whatever. You have an invitation to a party. That's what it is. Invitation to a party. And it turns out it's a party of one, and it's at the lifeguard stand where David Hasselhoff, who is dealing with an orphaned child, whose mother's in prison, and dealing with his job, has somehow found the time to set up a dance floor to set up a Christmas tree with presents underneath it, a couple tables, a fireworks display. Yes, there was more fireworks than I thought. I mean, that was, that was especially to. for like, he didn't even tip his hand. Like I got, I got a guy over there that's setting it off. It seemed like he had it set up on a timer to go off at that moment. It's a visual representation of what we do. I mean, what do we do for Christmas? We put a tree in our house. And we decorate it with ceramics and lights and things that could break. We do. I mean, yes, it's it's overdone. It's David Hasselhoff. I don't mind it, overdone things. But it's the things, same process. I don't. We're, we're, we're overcompensating and, and going ridiculous with visuals to just slap ourselves in the face so that when we go in the room and we sit down and we just want to cry, we look at the tree with the lights. We're like, oh, all right, it's Christmas. And we can do something with that. And that's what this show fucking did. I don't think it did. <laughs> I don't think it did, Tim. I think that it slapped a few tropes onto... Uh, it slapped a few lipsticky tropes onto a pig of a show and said, here's your Christmas pig. And Well, if you don't like the show, you're not going to like the <laughs> you show. You don't like the show either. And I did like the you show. You like That's this true. one, but I can tell you don't that like the rest true. of the show. Well, I haven't seen the rest of them, but I have no interest in going exactly. to see Exactly. But what I'm saying is the holiday aspect of it worked. It didn't. It didn't work at all. And, and 
what I keep writing this down because I, I was taking notes as the show was going on. And we got to a point where they clearly are saying that they're elves. They're basically like, yeah, we're elves. And then a few like lines later, he's like, gotcha. We're not elves. So I care. They are elves. And then I wrote, wait, nope, they're not elves. And then just after that, they're like, how can we help? We're elves. And I'm like, wait, they are elves. Yeah, it's not a well-written show. <laughs> it's not a perfect <laughs> exactly. show. But I think you could dissect a lot of shows that aren't perfect shows. And what you find is when they do a Christmas episode, there is a glimmer of trying to find meaning. No, I'd see this is exactly where we're diverging. I don't think they were trying. I think that they fundamentally didn't try enough even to just get the base level of Christmas. That's my take, is that... How could you have fixed it in your eyes? Could you have made this a better... Knowing that it's a show about lifeguards, knowing it takes place in the desert beach of California. Well, I wouldn't have uh, Santa Claus uh, driving, uh, doing a high-speed chase with uh, all the little people that may or may not be elves in the back. That was great. That's which probably what the would show have does been every week. so illegal and so uh, against the rules of whatever that guy's job is. So what would you do? What would you, how would you make a lifeguard show Christmas episode? Uh, well, let's see. I would start with, um, I don't know. I didn't think how it'd make it better. I was told to talk about the show that I watched. <laughs> They start a bakery. I don't know. I have no idea. I feel bad that you couldn't at least enjoy some terrible aspect of this. Like, that's, I guess, what I'm saying. I I didn't say I didn't enjoy myself, Tim. It was presented as such. Did you not enjoy I don't think this is a good episode, episode? Of, a, a good two episodes of television, but I enjoyed watching it and making fun of it. <laughs> Well, that's one way. I just, I, I, and from some of the questions you asked me, I'm realizing I don't have a favorite Christmas episode of a TV show. I actually couldn't tell you what my favorite, you know, what's the one you hold up? I have plenty of specials that I love, but there isn't like, oh, well, I really love this particular, you know, the Anything But Love Christmas episode is the one I remember. I don't have that. I have one I just thought of. Twilight Zone. Okay. There's a Twilight Zone Christmas episode. With oh, Art it's Carney. done on video. That one's the one with Art Carney. It is done on video, but it's amazing. Oh, that one is this. I hate this. Oh, that's that. insane. You like this more than that? That's one of the most Christmassy feeling television shows of all time. This is a piece of the garbage. The Twilight's no, but it does a lot of the same stuff. Santa's real. Santa fell out of the sky and he's he real. Didn't fall out that's of the, sky? the gist of it. He's a he's a drunk uh, department store Santa. But there is a real Santa at no, the end. No, he becomes, Even Rod he becomes the real Santa. He doesn't fall out of the sky. Okay. That's preposterous. But here's the thing. It's also it's a one-off. We're not following Art Carney's character. That's sure. an anthology sure. show. Yeah, of course. I'm saying like I, I can't pick a show that I watch week to week where I remember the particular Christmas episode. All I know is I'll watch any Christmas episode. Well, not according to Jim. I won't watch that. <laughs> but pretty much, mostly anything else, if it's a show I'm familiar with, if there's a Christmas episode, I will watch that. Because by the nature of how much of a reach it is, I don't want to watch other people celebrate Christmas in real life. 
because it is depressing. So, but, but seeing it on a TV show, I just, I love how much work it takes to end up feeling good for half an hour and then to just reset it the next episode and have all the situations occur again. I, I just, that, that means a lot to me. And I really, again, not according to Jim, but probably most other shows will watch them for that reason. Okay. And so, yeah, I enjoyed this because it's hilarious that a show about a beach felt like they had to do a Christmas episode, but why not? People on beaches celebrate the holiday. And they did it with all the same armaments and all the same aspects and all the same scenarios that any other show set anywhere else would also use. I think I, it's funny because now that I listen to you say that, I think you and I are having a different argument. I think this Christmas show of Baywatch is memorable for its Christmasness. If you said to me, Jay, can you watch uh, season three, episodes four and five? They were a two-parter. Uh, it's just something that happens in the middle of the season. I would have that would have been a slog. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe those two episodes are amazing, but it wouldn't. Have, there would have been nothing to hold on to. Watching these episodes, I definitely had the Christmas aspect to to hold on to. I'm not comparing the Christmas episode of Baywatch to the rest of Baywatch. I'm comparing it to any other TV show that I've seen that's done a Christmas episode, and this one would be way far at the bottom. Ah, breaks one's heart. Drowns one's heart. I mean, did you want me to come on to agree with you? <laughs> I thought, wait, I thought I was supposed to disagree. I love this one. This one was great. <laughs> you can feel however you want to feel. You don't have to. It's not, it's not a I mean, disagreement. The I... music that plays during the dance scene when he sets up the fireworks for her is one of the worst Christmas songs. No, it is the worst Christmas song I have ever heard in my life. So. It's not. Oh, I think it's written for the show. I think there's public domain. Well, then there's. But then there's another one. There's another. They really enjoy using the Twelve Days of Christmas. They use that one a lot instrumentally. Yes. But then there's uh, music during the the chase. The music during the chase. Is two Christmas songs kind of wielded together? Yes, but it's like this weird like we're keyboarding some Christmas songs together. Well, yeah, because that's what the music probably sounds like from episode to episode. It has to exist in the show's universe enough. But when, when we got to the point where Santa was driving the elves in the Christmas truck... It was Joy to the World and Partridge of the Patriot. Yes. I just saw it in my notes. Yes, that's, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that scene is sort of a mess. No, it's sort of a mess. But do you, you, in my opinion, or I, I don't even know if this is an opinion, what I got, as soon as I saw Santa driving with the supposed elves in the back chasing that guy i was like this is the nugget of the idea that they had to write this episode they were like wouldn't it be funny if this character was dressed as santa and a bunch of people that may be elves are in the back and they're driving along the beach after this guy on an atv wouldn't that be awesome and they were like yeah and they were like okay go write it you go write this part you write this part you write this part and we'll try to fit it together and tim will like it and Jay will hate it. I'm glad they had the foresight to know how we would feel about it, too. I'm glad they just knew our names. Yeah. It feels... I feel like we are part of the conversation when they know our names. Well, we had a conversation. It was this conversation. We did have one. I think you have probably about seven and a half minutes of usable words. On my end, I feel like you said some real 
poignant things that I might take with me. I'm not looking to alter your life, but if I can get you to watch this again, I'll feel really bad. <laughs> I'm not going to watch this again. No, that's very obvious. I, I got uh, I got everything I needed out of this one. Well, I think I got everything I needed out of this conversation, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, Bob, uh, thanks for not being available so I could be here. Oh, yeah. No, I, Bob, Bob, I hope he, he should be back, back in January. Thank you. Thank you for talking. I think it was a good discussion, to be honest. I, I think there's a lot in there. And again, I, I am happy. It kind of rejuvenated my interest and campy episodes of, of shows because I haven't watched a lot this year and I'm noticing that because I used to at least watch specials but maybe I'll tune into Hulu and some stuff and find some uh, meaningful 80s or 90s Christmas episodes because yeah they, 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 they do their part and because they're laughable it's a good excuse to feel something so it's good I don't mind laughable I do mind mm-hmm. laziness well then you probably don't want to check out season 4 of According to the gym. <laughs> you really hate that show. Did you write for it? I'm sorry. I did. I did. That was... Did that's you? What, no. Do you know anyone who wrote for According no. to the Gym? No. I don't know anyone except okay. for Jim Belushi, and I don't even know him. I just know who he is. Well, that's almost the same, I'm told. <laughs> no, I don't even... I don't think I've watched a minute of that show. It's worth watching two minutes of it. Okay. Just so you know what I'm talking about. Well, now. I, if I'm ever on here again, I'm sure you'll make me watch an episode. No, if, if you're ever on here again, I'm going to ask you to bring the topic because I feel awful. <laughs> awful is what I no, feel. No, you shouldn't feel awful. Or, uh, listen. No? I watch a bad movie a week. But this was two episodes of a great program that really did it. Oh. <laughs> uh, That was uh, one of those, it's the thought that counts examples um, of episodes. A little frantic, but I think we got something. I think, we, I think there was something in that. Thank you, Jason DeGray. Thank you very much for our last minute guesting. Uh, you're welcome back again, you know, anytime. And uh, Bob will be back again in the new year. That's right. That's right. This year, 2020, is coming to a close. Uh, so let's keep this brief and festive. Um, 20th Century Pop, this show will actually be back with a bonus episode next week, part two of our look back at some outtakes from 2020. So, you know, tune in for that, uh, however it is you listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the homepage of nahpods.com. But, uh, you know, as, as a show, we'll be back in full force, Bob and I and some future guests come 2021, so we can all talk about that in 2020. 21. Uh, but until then, if it's something to do and, and you feel like doing it, you know, happy holidays. You know, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. And, uh, you know, those aren't all the same things. And it's sort of silly to lump them all together like that. But, you know, it, it's an excuse to reach out, you know. It's an excuse for me to have something to say and, and, and maybe resonate you know, with some honest emotion that just needs a couple familiar words to direct it. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Bob, and uh, happy whatever to all of you listening. Don't forget to shake out your towels, or you're going to track some of that beach into your warm, warm Christmas Eve apartments, or December 24th apartments, or, let's be honest, 
probably a week later when you listen to this and and let's be even more honest did you even get this far probably not but but if you did um you did it and i don't mean got I, I when i say you did it i don't mean you got to the end of this podcast you you did it so happy holidays human beings huh it meant that that's not a catchphrase and it's not going to become one um it's just how i'm covering up the sincerity of some emotion Oh, Hoff. I thought you said Hoff. No, the Hoff. Gotcha. You don't hassle the Hoff. Hmm. I'm I'm sorry that that became a thing that only he said. (laughs) Well, now you say it. I mean, listen, if that's your name and you come up with that, you have to get that out there somehow. If you have to say it yourself. I feel like if it's your name, you didn't come up with it. I mean, but it's pretty great, though. But much like this episode, it's shoehorned in. Because nobody says, don't hassle me anymore. This isn't the 70s. This isn't whatever movie Dustin Hoffman says that in. You don't hassle the Hoff. No one is bothering you. <laughs> he said it as a judge of some reality show. Don't hassle the Hoff. Okay, I'm just up here singing the song I didn't write to try to get 15 points from you and Judy Tenuta. <laughs> Come on, man. He's just shoehorning it in. But we like it because I don't I don't know why we like it, but that's similar to this Baywatch episode. It's, it's just throwing Christmas. It's grabbing what's recognizable as for David Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff, he's grabbing what's recognizable as a clever plan words and a catchphrase has no relevance to what he was doing. What show was it that he said it was some music show? I, I don't, I don't know. But now that you're saying that, I think that someone wrote him that line. I think he legally changed his name anticipating that line <laughs> 15 years from he the did. day. He was, he, he did. did he did his weird little Logan's Run roll, then he got Knight Rider. Oh yeah, that's right. Name, but that's right. Well, he's in a he's in a making of documentary about Logan's Run. I don't know if he's in the movie itself. He got cut out or something, right? He did. Okay, I yeah. think. So I think he, he's 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 also in that Roger Corman space movie. He's very good. Oh, that. I don't know that one. But that's cool. <laughs>